All right. Good evening, church, and Merry Christmas. Um, I really want to, before I get started, extend a, a thank you to the Communion Chapel family for coming out to worship with us on a Saturday night. So uh, thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, if you have your Bibles handy or if you use your Bible on your phone, whatever, if you want to follow along, you can go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 4. And as you're turning there, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is like time for a response back up here, okay? And it's not a trick question. There's not even just one right answer, okay? There, there are multiple answers, so if you have an answer, shout it out. The question is this, as you're turn, turning to Galatians 4, why did Jesus come to earth as a baby anyway? To do the will of the Father. Thank you, Mr. C. Who else? To save the world from their sins. Excellent. Thank you. Anyone else? To testify to the truth. Thank you. To die for us. Excellent. Thank you. Fully man, fully God. Thank you. Excellent. So I want to add one to that. And if you're in Galatians 4, um, we're going to pick up in verse 4. And uh, what I want to add to that is, Jesus came to earth as a baby to do all the things that you said, but also so that we could then be adopted into God's family. So we are adopted at Christmas. Before we get into Galatians 4, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this, uh, this evening to celebrate as the church uh, and to reflect on uh, just the amazing love that you have for us that you would send your son to be born uh, in a lowly manger uh, to a teenage girl. Uh, just how amazing that is. I, I don't know that we could fully comprehend that, but we are just uh, humbled uh, by your love for us. Lord, may, your, uh, may you fill our hearts with joy this evening, and may you move us to consider uh, the sacrifice that was made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so Galatians 4. So in Galatians, uh, up to this point, Paul's writing about how uh, we are slaves to the law, slaves under the law. And then he writes this, but, but when the fullness of the time came, so at the appropriate time that God had appointed, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Mary, born under the law in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So here we see that God sent his son, Jesus, to be born of a woman, Mary, a virgin no less, in a lowly manger. We see it this time of year. It's the, 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 the nativity scene. So that we could then be adopted by God. We could then become sons and daughters of God. I love the way C.S. Lewis put it. He said, uh, Jesus came to be born, I'm sorry, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. The Son of God became a man to enable sons of to enable men to become sons of God. Now, that's a reason to celebrate Christmas. So to talk a little bit more about uh, adoption by God into his family, flip over to Ephesians, just a couple more pages over to your right-hand side, Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll spend uh, the next few minutes there. And as you're turning there, I'm going I'm to go ahead and share with you three amazing, beautiful truths about adoption into God's family that come from this passage. Number one, that God chose to adopt us before he even created the world. Number two, that God chose to adopt us not because of what we've done, but because of who he is. And number three, it brings God great joy to adopt us into his family. You with me? All right, so we're in Ephesians chapter one. We're going to pick up in verse 
3. Here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Amen? So the first truth is that God had a plan to adopt us before he created anything. We saw it in verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And then in verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. So God had a plan for adoption that included sending his son to be born of a woman, Mary, some 2,000 years ago. And that's what we're celebrating this weekend. So he had a plan for adoption, a plan to bring us into his family. Before you and I were ever a thought in our parents' minds, way back before the foundations of the world, before he ever spoke the world into existence, we were in his plans. And it's because of that that leads us to our second truth that God chose to adopt us not based on anything that we've done, but absolutely based on who he is. Right? Because if, if you think about the first truth that he adopted us he, chose to, he had a plan to adopt us way back before creation, then that only makes sense that it could not be for anything that we've done. Just based on who he is. Look at verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. And verse 7, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. God is loving and his grace pours out over us in his plan for adoption. Now, if you're with the Alamo Stone fam family, you know that uh, Pilar and I just started an adventure a couple weeks ago. We, are, we have our first foster daughter in our home, and she's with us tonight. Wendy is sitting right there in the third row on the, on the end with our daughter Gabby. And so we're, we're with an agency that we're fostering kids short-term, so they don't need a permanent placement. Um, short term until they're, they're placed back with their family. And so, you know, one of the things I've learned in life is that I believe God gives us earthly relationships to help us better understand spiritual relationships, like our spiritual relationship as a, as a child to our Heavenly Father. So let me talk to that for a minute. So I actually have two earthly fathers. My biological father was married to my mom. They divorced when I was five, roughly. Then my mom remarried when I was seven, so I grew up with a stepdad. And so, as a child to a father here on earth, when I became a, a Christian at the age of 13 and learned that God was my heavenly father, I had some inkling of what that meant to be the child of a father, right? So, I needed to be obedient, respect his authority. Now, if you're with the Alamo Stone family, you know I had like some father issues, right? So, there are definitely some qualities in my earthly dad, my stepdad, that I would not want to attribute to my perfect heavenly father. But you see, there's a little foundation that, that I understand what it means to be the son to a father. 
Then, in 2001, Pilar and I had our first child, Gabby. Boy, I mean, you want to talk about getting some new insight into a father-child relationship. Right? I mean, it was, it was an amazing and incredible thought that we created life. We brought a life into this world. So, so that gave me a really different perspective on the whole uh, son to a heavenly father. Because prior to that, my only perspective here on earth was as the son to a father. But now I'm the father of a child. And again, God gives us those relationships so we can, I think, better understand and experience his truth. So truths like nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah, that like had new life and new meaning to me personally because there's nothing Gabby or our son Daniel could ever do, ever, that would make me stop loving either one of them or love them any less than I do. And then we started fostering. And so, you know, we're not going to adopt Wendy. She has the family that she's going to be going to. But having a, a child that came into our home and, and learning, reading, understanding God's word, that he had a plan for us before the foundation of the world to, to call us into adoption into his family. That's what it's been like in our home. Right? So we're, we went through all the training with this foster agency, and, and we basically said any child, any child in this program, we will take. So Wendy came to us on uh, Thursday, December the 8th. And we didn't pick her out. Like, we didn't go to the agency, and we didn't line the kids up and go, well, you, you know, who's the cutest or who's the most talented? No. Wendy became our foster daughter when we met her. And I have to say, we love Wendy as if she is our own. We treat her like she is our own flesh and blood. When we take her shopping, she goes to the same mall, to the same stores as our daughter. When we go out to a restaurant, we might ask for a kid's menu for Daniel, but we don't ask for a foster kid's menu for Wendy. She eats what we eat. When we eat at home, we don't have a separate room with a dining table for her or we don't put her in the corner. She eats with us at our table because for as long as she is with us, she is one of our own. It's funny because we got her on uh, Thursday, December 8th, and, and it was the very next day, actually, that, uh, that she shared with my wife, Pilar. So, so Wendy does not speak English. She's Spanish-speaking only. So that caught, you know, can, it's caused a lot of fun, actually, in our, in our home. But she told Pilar the very next day, she, she's not even with us 24 hours. And she said, I'm just amazed at how you have taken me in as one of your own kids. And that's what it's like to be adopted into God's family. He had a plan for us to adopt us in his family way back before we ever existed, to love us as his own, to make us co-heirs with his son. And that is an amazing truth that we should celebrate this Christmas. That God had a plan for adoption before he created the world not because of what we've done or any talents we have, but simply because of who he is. And the third truth about adoption into God's family is that it brings him great joy. Look at verse 5. 
he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. That phrase, kind intention, can be translated good pleasure. It pleases God to bring us into his family. Do you ever feel like God just must be so inconvenienced with me? He's not. It brings God great joy to have you in his family. He did not bring you into his family begrudgingly. There's never a moment where he regretted his decision to send his son to be born of a woman in a manger to bring you into his family. Never. It brings him great joy that we are his children. I'm going to share some more about our experience with Wendy to, to hopefully bring that point home for you. You know, my wife, if y'all know my wife, man, she loves kids. And kids love her right back. And if you know my wife, you might know she's Colombian, so her first language is Spanish. So she is like in her sweet spot, having Wendy in our home. And... Uh, in fact, we were out with dinner, out to dinner with the Rodriguez's early this weekend, and we're kind of we're sitting at the in the restaurant, and and Wendy and Pilar are over. I think they're looking at some of the the food items on the shelves, and and Karina says uh, Pilar is in her element. Absolutely, like, you know, like my wife was made for this. I mean, it brings her great joy, and it brings us great joy. Like I speak poquito Spanish, <laughs> and what's been really fun is that my wife went to Florida for about a, almost a week. So we have one Spanish-speaking person in our home for almost a week, and that's Wendy, and, and then you have the rest of us. And I have to tell you, it did not, it was never frustrating at any point. If anything, it just added sort of humor and laughter into our home that was, you know, already full of joy. And, uh, uh, and I have to tell you this quick story. So one of the things that Wendy picked up on is that when we go somewhere in the car, Daniel likes to run to the passenger side and get in the front seat. You know, he wants to ride shotgun. And so every time we would leave, whether we're leaving the, the house or leaving wherever we're out, out at, uh, he runs and tries to beat Gabby to the front seat. And then they had this little, you know, kind of play fight to see who's going to sit in the front. And if Gabby wins and she gets there first, then Daniel actually hops on her lap and, you know, he acts like he's not going to move. And so every time they would do that, Wendy would like just laugh. She's got this cute little laugh. She would just laugh. And so one day we're leaving the garage to me, uh, Wendy, uh, Gabby, and Daniel. And Wendy comes out first, goes around to the side. I'm, I'm getting in and, and Daniel comes running out. He's got this big grin on his face because he knows what he's doing. And Wendy starts laughing because she knows what Daniel's doing too. So when Daniel comes around to the side and opens the door to get in, Wendy's sitting in the front seat. And she started laughing. So she fits like she is one of our own. That's how it is with us and God being adopted into his family. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are his. We belong to him. But here's the truth about having Wendy as a foster daughter in our home. While there are absolutely joyful moments that I shared with you, here's where the real joy is. It is in freely loving someone who doesn't deserve it, who he never knew. It's not based on anything. It's not based on performance. It's not based on anything other than the love of Christ compels us to open our home 
to make her our daughter. That's it. It is, it is lavishing grace on someone with no expectation of anything in return but getting a reward for sure. And, and, and then we were so excited because last night we got a call from the agency and they said, hey, uh, there's a 17-year-old girl in our program who has a baby and she's with a family, but they're going on vacation and they're not taking the child and the baby with them. So we just need a week of respite care Would you guys. And they couldn't even get the question out. Yes, bring them on. So we were expecting that tomorrow, Christmas Day, we're going to have a teenage mom with her baby, with no place to stay, come to our home. Then they called us today, this afternoon, right before I, I left the house to come here. And they said, hey, there was a change in plans. The, uh, the family decided that they're going to take the, the girl and her baby with them on their vacation. And so we were a little disappointed. But then they said this, but. We have a 15-year-old girl who has a six-month-old baby. And she doesn't just need respite care. She needs a place to stay until she's united with her family. So this week, I don't know when it's going to be exactly, but this week, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, my family, like God has just blessed us with this amazing gift that we'll be able to bring in a 15-year-old girl and her baby, and love them as our own, as God loves us. Again, God gives us these earthly relationships so we can better understand the spiritual relationships that we have with him. We were orphans, slaves to sin, but it's through his son, Jesus Christ, born of a woman, born of a virgin, a teenage girl in a manger, that we can become children of God. And that is worth celebrating, church. But that just leaves us with two questions then. Here's the first one. If you are a child of God, what are you going to do about that? Like that amazing, beautiful truth that God chose you before the foundation of the world, that he had a plan for you, that he would send his son to be born a baby to live a perfect life to go to the cross on your behalf to die the death that you and I both deserve so that you could be adopted into God's family. how will that how will you respond to that beautiful truth not just at Christmas time but going into 2017 And here's the second question. If you've not been adopted into God's family, would you let tonight, Christmas Eve, at the celebration of that event in history that Jody spoke to beautifully earlier, Jesus born in a manger, would you let tonight in that celebration be the time that you would decide, yes, I'm tired of doing this on my own, I'm tired of trying to find my way through life. I know I'm a sinner. But I will accept adoption into God's family and the grace that is so freely given and lavished 
upon me. If that's the decision that you want to make tonight, would you see me after service or you can see Pastor Mike after service? We would be glad. We would love to talk to you about that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this night to come together and celebrate the amazing truth that you had a plan all along. A plan that involved just some really uh, intense, frightening details that Mary would not have a place at the end. That she and Joseph would have to travel a long way. That you would send your son to be born in a dirty, smelly manger. And all of that was because of your great love for us. May that truth penetrate our hearts. We thank you that you are our perfect, loving, heavenly, adoptive Father. It is in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen.